Welcome to Season 7 of Tell Me a Story I Don't Know, a fascinating journey into the lives of top sports personalities and their connections to Chicago. They reveal entertaining, memorable, and emotional stories many you've never heard before. I'm your host, George Hoffman, and please follow this podcast through our new partnership with Last Word on Sports Media Podcast. Find them at lastwordonsports.com and this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcast. Tell Me a Story I Don't Know is proudly presented by Mr. Duct, Chicagoland's premier comprehensive air duct cleaning and ventilation for residential and commercial properties. They're upfront and honest. Find them on the web at mrductcleaning.com. This week, we feature a member of the Chicago Bears Super Bowl XX champions, Jay Hilgenberg. Everything is my uncle, Wally Hilgenberg, telling me that no matter what or where you get drafted or not get drafted, when you go to that training camp, it's all attitude. And um, and I just remember also my father during training camp had, had such belief in me that um, I would make the team and I'd make any team that I'd go out for that, um, that, that gave me a lot of confidence. So, I mean, I, I was determined to make it. The 85 Bears already have five Hall of Famers in Walter Payton, Mike Singletary, Richard Dent, Dan Hampton, and Jimbo Covert. Will Jay Hilgenberg become number six? He's been a nominee. Hilgenberg was part of one of the most electric and perhaps best teams of all time. The 85 Bears lost all but one game as they swept through the playoffs and won their only Super Bowl title. Hilgenberg was their all-pro center, having played in that postseason event seven consecutive years. The son of a coach and nephew of an NFL star, Hilgenberg spent the last number of years as an in-studio analyst for Bears radio broadcast, and he has thoughts, or three, about the Bears, the league, in the upcoming Super Bowl. And did you know he went undrafted? So, Jay Hilgenberg, tell me a story I don't know. Oh, you know, it's it's been so many years that talking about uh, the one Super Bowl. It's been a long time, but um, you know, it's just being part of that that Super Bowl team, the '85 magical year. Um, it was just something about how it's just like the the whole team bought in that year. It was um, the the loss. I think what really helped the '85 team was the the 84 loss against the, the 49ers was was the key. It's just we had such a, a great year in 84. The victory we had in, um, against Washington at, at RFK, I think it was like one of the first uh, playoff games that they had lost there and maybe the first time or numerous years. But then going out to the play the 49ers, we were like 12-point underdogs, and I couldn't believe that – we would be 12 point underdogs. No way that our 84 team could be underdogs like that, but then got beat 23 to zip. They decided it's going to be working from 34 yards out with Montana holding. And he rips it up and good. 23 to nothing. The 49ers over the Bears. The last time they met was last year, these two teams in regular season, and the Bears won 13 to 3. That just left a really sour taste in our mouth, and um, I think it it motivated everybody everybody on that team to get ready for that '85 season. And everybody bought in, and we were on a roll. And um, things just uh, it was a magical year, and 
things kept happening. And I think just that confidence we had in 84 helped us uh, all the way through that 85 season. I want to get back to the 85 Bears in a couple of minutes, but the four best teams, I think a lot of people agree with this, Jay, the four best teams made the conference championship games, and now the Super Bowl features the Eagles and the Chiefs. What are your initial thoughts of the game? Uh, It's going to be a great Super Bowl. I think I see with the Eagles and the Chiefs is they have just a great roster. Um, I, I think, you know, you, you look at the Bears and just their uh, ups and downs at trying to find that that quarterback. You know, it, it's been trying to get the quarterback position right for so many years that the previous regime with Ryan Pace, they did everything they could try to do with, you know, get the guy in there. As they sacrificed the roster, they they traded away draft picks. And but now, if you look at the Eagles team and and, and the Chiefs, I mean, they they have solid rosters, and especially the Eagles right now. Um, you know, you look at that offensive line of the Eagles. You look at that defensive line of the Eagles, and they have depth in them. They have great players on both sides of the ball. Um, the, the Kansas City Chiefs have rebuilt their offensive line um, to great uh, over just a really quick uh, time period. And, um, you know, the defensive line that the Chiefs have and the, some of the dynamic uh, athletes they have on that defense, it's, you got to get the quarterback position right. There's no question. I'm, I, I'm not saying that. But then you also have to have – you got to have a team. that Especially I've said it on the – broadcast the bbm broadcast for years and years is that you got to have the offense and defensive lines if you want to compete for that super bowl oh i don't think there's any doubt that you have to build from the trenches it's very interesting to note that just the other day pat mahomes the father of patrick mahomes and a guy who used to pitch for the cubs said he really thought both of them thought the bears were going to draft him and instead they drafted mitch trubisky and you know and I know that can set a franchise back possibly a decade. No question. It's 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 something that you you bring that up because um in that that draft that year, the Bears had asked me to go out to Philadelphia and announce the 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 second pick the second round uh pick in that draft. So I was there the um the first night and when that trade went down uh, for Mitch Trubisky um, and what the Bears gave up. It was quite a shock for everybody that was in Philadelphia at that time. First trade of the night, and it is not uh, somebody from the uh, bottom of the top ten moving up. It's the Bears moving up one spot. As the fans here are learning the details, they gave up a third and a fourth this year and a third next year. With the second pick, in the 2017 NFL Draft, the Chicago Bears select Mitchell Trubisky, quarterback, well, North Carolina. Hello, Mitchell Trubisky is going to Chicago. It is something how, how things work out like that. Is um, is there's three quarterbacks going that year and you know mitch was rated uh number one by uh by some people you know they, they all everybody has their own opinion who's going to be the the top pick and the, and the best guy to go but um 
what I had a problem with, and I think what everybody, you know, what, what's kind of, uh, proven correct. And a lot of people had that the same thoughts is, is any of the three would have been good. It's just, you know, giving away the draft choices that to move up a little bit is, is the thing that kind of stung and, and hurt the bears. And it, it goes back to my point is how those draft picks, uh, to accumulate, uh, players around that quarterback position is good. And not only that is that, then if you look at the the second round pick of the same that same year, uh, they took the tight end. Uh, the Chicago Bears select Adam Shaheen, tight end Ashland. I got a funny story for you. Is so when I went out uh, for that draft, I called um, my college roommate because he had a son coming into that draft that same year, and I called up Bruce Kittle and said, "Hey." where are you in Georgia? And he goes, what are you talking about? He goes, we're here and out in Iowa. And I go, what? I go, you're not here in Philadelphia. He goes, no, George wasn't invited for the draft. And I go, I go, golly, I go, George is going to be one of the best players in the NFL. What I saw him do in college and the athlete he is. And then I was shocked when the bears took a, a guy in the, in division two football, second round, Adam Shaheen. I was shocked with George Kittle sitting there. Are you saying that the Bears could have had Patrick Mahomes and George Kittle in the same draft? Oh, there's no question there. I mean, if that's, yeah, they were in position, they could have done that. How about that? I, I was shocked. I was I was completely floored, shocked when uh, George Kittle, I thought for sure he was going to be out in Philadelphia to be one of the guys, one of the first guys drafted. I mean, I was so impressed with him as an athlete watching him at Iowa and you know I my my daughter and his sister played college volleyball together at Iowa I remember sitting at some volleyball games with George when he was in high school watching him play and um so I, I've always watched George his whole career and um it's been a lot of fun to watch him play he's he's such an amazing player what he does you know, not only catching the ball, but his blocking is is unbelievable. I don't know about you, but I'm always amazed by Patrick Mahomes. Most humans right. would have not been able to play with a high ankle sprain, but he did. I've said this before, Jay. There are very, very few athletes that are truly worth the price of admission. Um, Mahomes is one of them. Steph Curry, Tiger Woods when he was healthy. And maybe, right. maybe in the future, but certainly for Bears fans now, Justin Fields. We'll talk about him soon. But Mahomes, he's the goods. No question. I, I and it's something that you you say the high ankle sprain. What he did um, this past Sunday in that game. Guys are going to be around you for Mahomes. Heads up, stand in the pocket, fire under duress. On the pocket, on the run to the end zone. It's caught on his back, Valdez Scantling. And I was amazed, too, because, uh, George, my sophomore and senior year at the University of Iowa playing football was destroyed with I had a high ankle sprain. And um, I, I tried to come back, and it just further delayed me. And there are funny things that um, – you can walk around and be normal, but you just cannot get up on your toes and jump up and down on it. And it, it really, it ruined my, my, my football um, 
you know, two seasons of my college career is, is a high ankle sprain. So with that in mind, who are you picking in the Super Bowl? I was picking the 49ers all along. I, I thought um, that was uh, the, the team that, that I was like midway through the season. I've just been so impressed with everything they do on offense and, and their defense, of course, is how strong they are. But I'm, I'm kind of going with my heart right now. I'm a good friends of Dave Tobe. So I, I got to go with Kansas City and, and see and, um, Patrick Mahomes. It, it's going to be a great Super Bowl. Although, um, you know, Jason Kelsey playing the center position, you got to pick one of the Kelsey brothers, I guess, which Ooh. one are you going to go with? And, <laughs> right. Uh, and then actually, when, when the Bears, when the Eagles came in and played Chicago, uh, before the, I did the post-game radio, I went down to the Philadelphia's locker room. I've never done it before. Went down the locker room and I went in. I wanted to introduce myself and say hi to Jason Kelsey because I've really appreciated watching him play for so many years. And um, so it was a lot of fun saying hi to him. Um, he's an amazing center to, to watch play. And a quick funny story is um, when he first started playing, I, I remember being in Iowa City and, watching the game with my mom and um, you know, my family were all centers. My dad, my two brothers, we all played the center position within like the first couple series. My mom, and I didn't say anything about Kelsey and he, you know, he's young, just starting out. My mom goes, that center from Philadelphia is pretty good. And so she, she picked up really quick how good he is. When's the last time you had your air ducts cleaned? Here's the best solution, Mr. Duct, a name Chicagoland has trusted for over 20 years. They work on your furnaces, air conditioners, and do repairs, maintenance, and installations. In other words, they're your all-around company for air quality choice and more. Mr. Duct provides on-site commercial ventilation cleaning estimates. You'd be hard-pressed to find better. So give them a call at 888-4-MR-DUCT. That's 888-497-3828. And Mr. Duct is the right choice to clean your residential dryer vents. They do a full inspection to make sure your dryers are running properly. Mr. Duct works with schools, health facilities, and office buildings to make sure you're breathing clean air. Their testimonials are endless and with good reason. So don't think twice when you're ready to work on air ducts, dry vents, and so much more. Just think Mr. Duct. 888 for Mr. Duct. That's 888 497 3828. And find them on the web at mrductcleaning.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Back to Justin Fields. You've watched every game he's played. We all know he can run and turn a nothing game into a something game to watch. But where are you when it comes to his passing ability? You know, it, it's it's what I said about, um, you know, you got to build the team around him. And and that that's what, what they got to do with, with Justin Fields. Um, I think he throws a great deep ball. So third down and long, a twist up front, able to collapse the pocket. Fields 
Keeps it alive as a wide open Pettis. And now Pettis down the sideline. And in. Improvisation and a touchdown from 51. He's had some really nice deep passes, you know, throughout his career. And, and, um, I, he'll come. I, I, I don't have any worries about, about that at all. You know, I think he is, he's learning. He, he's, um, all reports. It sounds like that he is willing to, to work very hard, you know, off the field, studying film, learning defenses. So, um, I, I'm excited to, to see what he's going to do. You know, I, I just watching this past year, I, I said, I don't know how many times I said, just another wow moment by Justin Fields out there. And um, I think there's going to be many more to come. And um, it is amazing that this past year, just how I've never seen Bear fans um, being so patient with, the amount of losses the Bears. I mean, they had the most losses in the history of their franchise. And um, I think the Bears were so entertained by uh, the athletic ability and the potential of Justin Fields. It, it's, it made it a very watchable kind of a fun season. It's, uh, it kind of hurts to say that in a way, but it, it was kind of an enjoyable, fun season to, to just to watch uh, Justin Fields. It's amazing how he kind of, turn the whole attitude of Chicago Bear fans around. Let's talk about you. How in the world did Jay Hilgenberg go undrafted and then turn into a seven-time Pro Bowl center? Who missed? <laughs> well, I mean, I look at George Kittle, you know, getting drafted in the, in the fifth round. But, you know, I um, I remember my last game I played um, in my college uh, career. We were playing at Michigan State. And, and we got beat. And I remember uh, in the locker room afterwards, my offensive line coach coming up to me and saying, he goes, he goes, Jay, you're, you're probably, you're probably the best center, the best lineman I've coached, but um, he goes, I don't think you're going to get drafted. And I just kind of like looked at him and go, hey, how, you know, what are you talking about? And cause I, I always had confidence, you know, as I come from a football family and you mentioned about, you know, my uncle played 16 years in the NFL. Um, I always figured, and my dad being um, first-team All-American center and coached football, and my older brother being captain of the Iowa Hawkeyes and a really good uh, center, he was all Big Ten, that I, I figured that um, every football team I'm on, I, I should be the best player or there's something wrong with me. So... It came as a real sh- kind of a shock to me that um, I didn't get drafted. But then, um, you know, as, as I mentioned earlier, I, you know, I had a high ankle sprain my, my senior year. And um, so I, I missed a major part of the season and probably never really got back to, to where I, 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 I've, I should have been. But, you know, the, the one thing I remember so much about um, – uh, everything is my uncle Wally Hilgenberg telling me that no matter what or where you get drafted or not get drafted, when you go to that training camp, it's all attitude. And um, and I just remember also my father during training camp had had such belief in me that um, I would make the team 
and I'd make any team that I'd go out for that, um, that, that gave me a lot of confidence. So, I mean, I, I was determined to make it. You were actually a special teams guy before the bears anointed you the center. Right. No, I, you know, my dad being first team all American 53 he played in the single wing. So he did all the snapping, you know, they snapped the ball, you know, to, to the backs and, and to the running backs and at different angles. And so, in fact, you know, my, my dad's uh, 90, 91 years old and it was not more than 10, 12 years ago. They were still, Kirk Ferentz was still, still sending snappers over my dad's house to, to work, to teach him how to snap in the backyard. Wow. I mean, it was, it was 15 yards from the tree to the edge of our dog kennel was 15 yards. <laughs> and, and so well, myself and my brothers were out there from seventh grade on, you know, snapping punts before dinner. So um, it, it's kind of funny too, because I remember the, um, the first practice, the first mini camp, the first time I ever stepped on the practice field uh, after the draft and the, the, the first mini camp after the draft, my rookie year, went up there and we went through practice. And then after, after the practice was over, they had the snappers and punters go over this uh, one section. And I went over there and snapped a couple of punt snaps and Jim Palmer, who was the head scout at the time, he comes up to me and goes, and he saw the way I was snapping the ball. He, he looks at me, and goes, did you a snap in college? And I go, yes, for three years I did. So I know I was a, I was a good snapper. I, um, I tell people all the time, I was uh, I was Patrick Manley and uh, Olin Krutz all in one. Wow, that's quite a group. And people <laughs> sometimes take centers for granted. But while you were with the Bears for the uh, 11 seasons, you had to snap the ball. This, of course, will come to no shock to anybody, to a lot of quarterbacks. The one yeah, that was, right. of course, most successful was the guy who was injured the most often, and that was Jim McMahon. Right. No, I snapped... Um... First, uh, I snapped in games uh, with guys from uh, for Vince Evans to uh, Jim Jim Harbaugh, who was my my guys. So um, there's quite a few of them in there. But um, McMahon, by the way, was always credited with galvanizing the offensive line. That while he may have been a better than average quarterback when he was healthy. He really was a very loyal guy, and particularly to you guys. Yeah, I mean, Jim. Jim was a, a very smart football player. He he protected the ball. He understood that he could take advantage of defenses. And first down. This is McMahon again, right open field in front of him. He wants a bundle. Got McKinnon. That is McKinnon. Third touchdown pass tonight for McMahon. McKinnon second, a 43-yard effort, and he is blowing this game away. He makes things happen. He was a pretty sophisticated passing game in college, uh, comparable, you know, back in the day than, than what the NFL was. And so he kind of had, had a, a step up on everybody. But um, really, I mean, our offensive line, the success we have, you, you, you got to mention Dick Stanfield. Dick Stanfield uh, was the best offensive line coach there's ever been in the NFL. Um, Hall of Fame player. I was at um, uh, Dick's service when he passed away. Marv Levy spoke, and he started off saying, Dick Stanfield, the greatest offensive line coach in the history of the NFL. 
And I 100% agree with that. I had him for the whole time I was at Chicago for 11 seasons. And um, I just think, you know, when when Dick left the Bears, when when Mike Dick got fired, it's it's really kind of been a, a struggle to they've had some good lines, you know, a couple of good lines that played well since. But I think that's kind of always been kind of a, a spot where the Bears need needed to be stronger. And just uh, Dick Stanfield's philosophy of how to play offensive line and the attitude you got when you play and your mindset and just the way he coached. Um, it's just not the the technique isn't coached that way anymore. You know, we had real assignment blocking and taking advantage advantage of the snap count and um, trying to, you know, when when you get done playing at the end of the day, you make sure that a guy that you played against remembers you. It's it's just the little detail things that what Dick Stanfield brought as as an ex player and, and not only an ex player but as a Hall of Fame player. He 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 knew the attitude it needed to play the offensive line. It's great that you mention him because when people think about the Bears and the coaching staff, they think of Mike Ditka and they think of Buddy Ryan. Um, right. Of course, Buddy Ryan was the defensive coordinator, but you were involved a lot with Mike Ditka. So was Mike Ditka the great coach or was he a good coach with a great team? Oh, no. It, we don't win a Super Bowl without Mike Ditka as our head coach. There, there's just no question. Um my rookie year was 1981. It was Neil Armstrong was the head coach. And um, George Hallis understood what the, what the 81 team was lacking. And that's why he brought Mike Dick in there. You know, I've, I've said attitude here a few times. Dick have brought it. I believe in life everybody has to be somewhere, right? And I spent a few years in different places. And, and maybe, uh, maybe that's what the good lord wills that i'd be back here i i kind of believe that maybe that might seem old-fashioned to you people but uh i believe everybody has a destiny in life and i believe that chicago's mine i mean he brought it every single day at house hall you know if if you weren't prepared to, to work hard at house hall when mike dicka was there you weren't going to be there and um I met Buddy Ryan when I was a younger kid you know it's my uncle with the Vikings I remember being in the the locker room on a Saturday morning before a game and Buddy Ryan was was Wally's position he was the linebacker coach of the Vikings Neil Armstrong was the defensive coordinator and uh so I I remember meeting Buddy Ryan you know I think I was a sophomore or, or a freshman in in high school at, at the time I had a great relationship with with um, with Buddy Ryan. I owned a racehorse with Buddy Ryan. I um, you did? Oh yeah. He called me. I remember the the first. I remember the first um, practice I had. Um, you know, being the undrafted rookie free agent um, after stretching, you'd break down to offense and defense. I had to go to the defense and snap for the defensive lineman and. I come running over there and buddy Ryan looks at me and goes, he called me little Mick for Mick Tinglehoff. He goes, <laughs> he goes, Hey, he goes, Hey, little Mick, where's your ball? And I go, what? And he goes, Hey, he goes, you can't play football. If the center doesn't have a ball, you center should always have a ball. Every good center has a ball with them or you can't play football. And from that day on, I always had a ball in my hand for every drill, everything. I never, for my whole career, I always carried a football around with me. 
1985 was a very magic time for this football team and for this city. What was the best part of it for you? Um, the best part of it for me was I mean, well, you just got me flashing my eyes. Uh, my mind was um, when Matt Suey scored the touchdown in the Super Bowl in the second quarter. Whoops. Don Blackman was offside. Suey is in the end zone for a touchdown. The flag is down, but unless Blackman was drawn offside, Chicago has six more. And walking to the sideline, I'm looking up in the stands and seeing my family up there, knowing we have the game won. And there's actually, a, a I've seen a picture, someone took a picture of me walking off the field. I don't have my helmet on. And I'm looking up um, to my family, knowing that um, we're going to win the Super Bowl. After, you know, watching my uncle and the Vikings lose four consecutive Super Bowls that, you know, we're finally going to get a Super Bowl in the family, a Super Bowl victory. If you want to hear more great guests on Tell Me a Story I Don't Know, all you have to do is go to Sports Media Watch on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to the many interviews we've done dating back to January of 2021. We return with Jay Hilgenberg on Tell Me a Story I Don't Know. I am looking at your playing record. And correct me if I'm wrong, you only missed two regular season Bears games. Period. Just two. And they weren't just in one season. Otherwise, you played every game. Yes. Yeah. I, um, in one of those games, I, I probably could have played I, and I probably should have played. In it, but um, I tweaked an ankle or something like that, and we had everything wrapped up. So, I they I, they they rested me. That's and, pretty good, though. It's a pretty good record to basically play in just about every single football game over that course of period of time. Matter of yeah. fact, when you were with the Browns, you played that first year. You played all sixteen games. Yes, yeah, I played every snap that year. Um, yeah, I, hey, you know that's I tell people all the time. You know, I didn't, I didn't stand around waiting to get hit. I, I was the hitter. I, I, I hurt, <laughs> I, I hurt the other people. And that, that's the that's that's the great thing about the center position too. And that's the the way I believe you got to play the center position is, is the man you come off the ball and you hit them first and you get you get after it. And and you know I I really owe it a lot to to Dick Stanfield too to bring him up again. It's just the way that we were taught. You know, we had to know every position, what was going on on the field. We knew what everybody's assignment was against every defense. And so then, then you know, you know who, where guys are blocking down and, and uh, where the danger could be. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's, um, that's the one thing I, I, I loved. I loved the, the battle. I loved the fight. I, I, I loved competing. So I never wanted to miss a, a snap. You know, I, I, I wrestled. Um, that was my other sport that I really loved was wrestling. And um, I think that was kind of the attitude you have. And, you know, if you can get through wrestling practice and become a good wrestler, you know, football, football's pretty easy then. Please refresh my memory. You weren't part of the Super Bowl shuffle, were you? No, no, no. Willie Why not? Uh, Willie Galt, I was I was on the plane coming back from that Miami loss, and Willie Galt comes up and asks me that uh, that they're doing um, this recording down at the Park West, and we'd like to have you 
uh, do this. And I go, Willie, we just lost, you know, the game. I'm not going to go do something like that. So do you regret it? No, no, not not at all. I've never thought about it uh, since. But yeah, I tell you what's really cool, though, and I tell p- people this all the time, what's neat about it is that all those guys that did it, you know, they got those, they're, um, that's sold so much, they're, they're platinum recording artists. They got that, um, you know, platinum record uh, in a frame. And so, you know, they, they got a little added thing on their Wikipedia page. Yeah, something Jay, I thought about it. I said, I'm not sure Jay dances. I don't know if he sings. <laughs> right. right. No, no one would want to see that. <laughs> we, you know, our offensive line, though, hey, our offensive line started it all with the, the swag that year with the Black and Blues Brothers poster. So that was the that that was the start. That was the start of, of, of the swag. So I think, you know, our offensive line should be recognized for that. Why did those Bears teams never make it back to the Super Bowl, Jay? Oh, you know, we got beat by Washington, you know, those next two um, times in the playoffs, which, you know, they, they, they were a good team, well coached. You know, the, 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 the traveling we had to do, we, we didn't have a, our facility set up. We had to go down to um, Georgia, and then we had to go to no, – then we went to Notre Dame – I remember to practice. Um, we had to go to a high school to, to to practice. So it was there's a lot of issues, you know, McMahon being hurt also. It's it's tough. Yeah. I, I always thought we'd be back uh, to another you know, I didn't wear my Super Bowl ring for years and years and years, you know, probably not until after I retired even because I, I said I wasn't gonna wear this one until we won our next one. So, you know, it's it is something and that that we never made it back. It was that that's the that's the one thing I wish we could have. It uh we got to the championship game against the 49ers on that cold night in Soldier Field. And um I think that was the loss that, that stung the most because we'd beaten them earlier in the year. This is Rathman touchdown. And Sam Weich and his Cincinnati Bengals Bengals will be playing in the Super Bowl against san francisco we came out and it just it just didn't happen didn't you begin your broadcast career with wbbm as an analyst when the bears returned to the super bowl in 2000 the 2006 season yes yes yeah that was a lot of fun that was a lot of fun and i i enjoyed that and you know you look at that look at that uh, that team too um they had a good offensive line you know john tate at um left tackle and Ruben Brown left guard Olin at center uh Roberta Garza at right guard and um Fred Miller I believe in it uh was a right tackle mm-hmm. and that was a that was a really good offensive line and that's you know I think that that's key right there and then I then John Tate retires unexpectedly and I just think you know it seems like, you know, that the teams have never been able to to really overcome that. 
um, over the years is is uh, John Tate was a big loss to to the Bears I, in my belief. What was it like being on the other side of a Super Bowl for the Bears? You played in one. Suddenly, you're analyzing one. Um, it, it was fun for me. It was it was fun. I wanted. Uh, I was kind of more looking at it as. Um, as I remember going to the Super Bowl when my uncle played against the Pittsburgh Steelers down in New Orleans, because I remember going to the post game, you know, they always have a, a post game party the team throws. And I remember going to that post game party that the Vikings had after they got beat by the Steelers. And then our post game party that we had down in New Orleans. And then, so I, um, you know, I was, I, of course I wanted the bears to, to win, to go have fun at this post game party. But then, um, I remember making a, no one wanted to go to it since they lost, but I, I really wanted to go just see kind of how it was comparable to other ones. And, uh, so I, I, I got to the, the bears post game party and it was kind of like the one that, you know, the Vikings and the Steelers. And I just remember my uncle being upset, um, at that one i mean i was i was a young kid at the time i was kind of surprised that you did become an analyst and bears broadcast for wbbm because i never remembered as a reporter you being a very talkative guy maybe maybe <laughs> i'm getting this wrong so how did you get into this racket and did you enjoy your time working with with uh, jim schwanz and ron gleason oh yeah definitely yeah uh I, I really didn't know Jim before I started it, and um, it, it was it was a lot of fun. We 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 formed a, a really nice friendship. I enjoy watching the the games with Jim, and um, Jim can really analyze games. and um, And you know he he helped me like learn a lot about like defensive coverages and stuff like that. You know because being a center, you know I really could care less about defensive backs mostly, <laughs> and. Um, so he was fun. And and then doing the radio with Ron, I mean, Ron's just a real professional. I mean, he makes you very relaxed in the studio. He's he's unbelievably prepared for anything that gets thrown thrown at you during a broadcast. And and he and if you mess up a little of that, I mean, he makes it fun, makes a joke out of it anyway. So um he was a true pro. Uh, uh and um just a lot of fun. I'm gonna miss Miss doing that uh, with those guys. Um, yeah, that's right, because now the games will be on ESPN 1000. So what's going to happen to your broadcast career? Well, I, I guess I, I become a free agent again. <laughs> and you hope who, who, who you, somebody picks up your option. Who knows? Yeah, there you go. Who knows? Um, it, w- it would be, you know, it would it'd be fun to look at and uh, see if there's opportunities. But especially, you know, because I, I think the Bears are going to be an exciting team coming up. And uh, I think, you know, they got the front office right. I, I, I really like the organization where, where, where it's headed. They've had some great hires. Um, um, you know, they got they got they got offensive line guys that that, that are running the are running the program now so that's they're they're gonna get it and um and i said on the broadcast much times how ryan poles comes from kansas city and and the chiefs after they went to the super bowl they, they rebuilt their offensive line in one season so um look at their center their center is 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 a great center too so um 
I think that's one thing, though, that, that you, I'd like to have someone do a study sometime. Let's look at all the starting centers in all the Super Bowl teams that, that have gone there. And I bet there are more than not, you got a, a top center that, that's playing for, for that organization. I ask this final question to all my guests. If not for football, Jay, what would you have been? Uh, well, I probably would have gone into coaching and probably made a lot more money than I did, how much they're paying coaches nowadays. But um, either that, uh, you know, my, my, my dad, uh, my, my father, you know, being involved in football, how much I, I was. I um, actually, after my senior year at Iowa, I did went through the grad assist uh, program uh, with Hayden Fry in case I didn't make the bears, that's what I was going to come back and do. But I really didn't want to do that. So that's why I worked pretty hard and fought every day up at Hell's Hall my rookie year to make that team. And um, so, yeah, I'd probably have to say the grad assist. And, you know, the guy that took my position in that grad assist um, spot was uh, Bobby Stoops. So he did pretty good. Well, this has been an absolute pleasure. Always great seeing you at WBBM and reporting on you during those uh, golden days of the Bears in the 80s. Best to you, and thank you, Jay Hilgenberg, for telling me a story I don't know. Thank you, George. I appreciate it also. Thank yous to CBS Sports, the National Football League, Fox Sports, ABC Sports, NBC Sports, and the Super Bowl Shuffle for those very memorable highlights. And my thanks as always to the people behind the scenes that helped make this wonderful podcast possible. TJ Reeves for putting us on the map, Will Hatzel for his crafty editing, Nick Tochi for our wonderful graphics, and to our new partner, Last Word on Sports Media Podcast, and to our presenting sponsor, Mr. Duck. You can find them at mrduckcleaning.com. Tune in next week when we feature another intriguing guest on Tell Me a Story I Don't Know. I'm George Hoffman, and that's all she wrote. What if I told you that you can support your blood pressure and healthy CoQ10 levels with two chews a day? The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. That's like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 supports your cardiovascular health. Visit RadioBeats.com and find out how you can get a free 30-day supply on bundles and save 15% with the promo code DEAL.